I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, the layperson's guide to enjoying music's benefits. Today is Cinco de Mayo, and my guest today is Eugene Rodriguez, founder of Los Ensontles. Los Ensontles is an award-winning California nonprofit that started with the idea that connecting young people to art and their cultural roots empowers them to build on the past to create a better future. Los Ensontles is a band, a nonprofit organization, a music academy, a community space for youth and families, and a hub for Latino artists, all working together to celebrate and preserve Mexican heritage and culture through music. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Eugene. Well, thank you very much, Mindy. It's nice to be with you. Los Sensontles does so many different amazing things that it's kind of hard for me to decide where to even start our conversation. You produce original music, videos, educational tools. You teach classes in traditional Mexican music, dance, arts and crafts. You host community events throughout the year. One thing that really stood out to me about Los Sensontles is your focus on using artistic collaboration to connect cultures. I think that is such a valuable mission to celebrate our roots and individuality and also our commonality. Can you talk to us about why connecting cultures is important? And then I'd like to talk about how you use music to do this. You know, the way I see culture uh, in the first place is really connection. Culture is the are the various languages that we have in our lives to be able to connect to each other, um, whether it's language or food. And so, you know, that begins in the home with the family. And, and, and culture is that uh, what I call kind of the air that we breathe to to connect to each other. Uh, and with the work of Los Insultness has, first of all, been kind of a series of research endeavors where we would go back and, and study with very, very traditional Mexican artists, because Mexico is a very diverse country. Mm. In fact, the name Los Ensontles means uh, the bird of 400 voices, the mockingbird. Okay. And uh, the reason that that's important is because there are so many different regional styles of music in Mexico, each one shaped by different geography, different cultural forces. And so within Mexico, we've done enormous amount of work to kind of revive and to present these traditions to our kids in our neighborhood. And so it was very logical then for us to also connect to other roots because the truth is is that you know no no culture or very few cultures in this world if any are exist in a vacuum we've always been connected mm. so that that's been a thrill for us to work on and and it's also important because for some reason i can't really tell you why a, a lot of times mexican culture is viewed somewhat separately but it's not i mean for example there was mexican or spanish music in the southwest the United States long before there was even a United States. So to, mm. to kind of this idea that we are strangers or foreigners in our own land is is, is, a, is odd. It's odd that, that, that people have that notion when, okay. in fact, we, we've been here for very – in fact, Mexican culture is what shaped cowboy culture. Sure. So, uh, so what we did this year, as an example, is that we did an old cowboy song with some wonderful uh, Americana artists to celebrate those connections, uh, one among many uh, projects that we've done. Mm. You've also worked with other cultures as well. You've worked with Irish roots musicians. You've collaborated with masters of blues, bluegrass, zydeco, rock. Tell us about some of those uh, endeavors that you've been involved in. Yeah, we were invited to be part of the San Patricio record with Chieftains and Ry Cooter 
about 10 years ago, which was a tremendous album of some of Mexico's greatest, Mexican-American greatest artists from various regions. And uh, it celebrated the history between the Irish-Americans and the Mexicans during the war in the 1848, I think it was. Um, so we were able to travel to Scotland and, and Ireland with the chieftains and with Rye and around California, and that was just an absolute thrill. We also worked with Taj Mahal, who's a great blues artist, and he's also a, a lover of Mexican music. So uh, we tried to find common grooves, common stories between the Me- African-American community and the Mexican-American community. And our neighborhood in San Pablo, Richmond, we're in the East Bay area, the San Francisco Bay area, was home to the biggest Zydeco scene you know, post-World War II. And we also did a wonderful album called Shades of Brown with a Zydeco artist from Richmond. And for uh, listeners so, who aren't familiar with Zydeco, how would you describe it? Well, goodness, it's, it's you know an amazing co- combination of the French, Cajun, Black, Native American, Latin rhythms, uh, mostly kind of country music from Louisiana and Texas. Um, that pretty know, much covers it all, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's extraordinarily porous, and and so is um, so is Mexican music. So when you think that you know Mexico is right there next to Texas uh, and Louisiana, they share the Gulf of Mexico. You know, over the last many hundreds of years, there's, of course, there's been tons of trade and cultural exchange between Mexico and and that region of, of the United States. So exploring those connections has been just enormous amount of fun and just great music. Now, how receptive do you find people to that idea of the cross-cultural integration, celebrating our commonality while still celebrating the individual roots that some of these different cultures and genres represent? Well, the people who play the music and the people who dance and love the music are always open-hearted. There, there are people in the world who make a living off of like uh, categorizing and separating and selling music mm. in, in its own separate bin. Mm. And, mm. and maybe they might be a little suspicious, but when it comes to the people that actually love and create the music, it's never an issue because they just listen and if there's a good beat and if there's a good vibe, then that everybody's in. Mm. Love that. I also do love how Los Encentles does really instill a sense of cultural pride. You talk about instilling a sense of participation in living traditions. What exactly do you mean by the participation in living traditions? So when I was a kid, I'm uh, in my late 50s now, and I grew up in the L.A. area, uh, Mexican-American. There was a sense that I had growing up that Mexican music was kind of something you listened to and something that you could appreciate but that you really couldn't be part of because, you know, we were not born in Mexico. We were born in the United States. So for me, my work has really been about ways to feel connected to the tradition in, in such a way that we are part of it. We're not just consumers of it or passive listeners, but we're actually creating it. And that's, that's the spirit in which we have done all our collaborations. And that's the spirit in which we teach our children, that we teach them that uh, they may not be born in Mexico, but, you know, if you learn the music, you are part of that cultural legacy that is that is ours as much as ours as anybody's. Mm. So uh, so that, that that's really what that means. Mm, okay. Now, kind of related, you talk on your website too about Los Encentles remains unique among nonprofits nationally in demonstrating the potential of Latino cultural programming and production to transform individuals and communities from within. Can you talk about how you do this, this transformation from within? Well, a lot of programs, and not to denigrate them, but a lot of programs are pretty much focused on 
kind of this um, enrichment model where, you know, you go into a school and you play a concert. And that, and that's great. It's, it's uh, nothing wrong with that. But it's one day and it's one concert. And so what we do is we play a role in, in many of our students' lives for the entirety of their childhood. So we have children who come when they're four or five or six or seven, and they stay with us the entire uh, until they graduate from high school or, or beyond. So they're really part of something for a very long time, and their identity is connected to the work of the organization. And when and you say that also, they stay with you, that's kids who are involved in your academy? Is it kids yes. who use Los Angeles as a kind of a community hub? Right. So, so yeah, so they're, they're, they're learning. I mean, everybody at Los Angeles is doing something useful. They're not just coming and hanging out and playing pinball or something okay. or whatever kids play. Uh, they, you know, they're learning a discipline because art, the power of art it is uh, integral. The discipline is integral to the power of art. Mm-hmm. So these kids become mentor teachers, they become performers, they do artwork, beautiful traditional artwork. So they become really custodians of the organization. They're not just simply passive recipients of classes, they are there to shape the environment as mm-hmm. well. Love that. Well, and that's very empowering for them too. I mean, they're not just there to take, but they recognize that they have a lot to offer and a lot to give. Yes. And, and it's all based in the rigor of art. So it's not like we're giving them anything except for an opportunity to challenge themselves and to express themselves. Mm-hmm. I know that with all the many various activities that you're involved with, there's woven throughout all of them is this, there's themes of inclusion, education, social justice. Talk to us a little bit about how you include those different themes and what you do. Well, we don't talk about those kind of issues overtly. Mm. When the kids come in, they're there to sing or to play or to dance or to do artwork, whatever it is that they're there for. So we don't talk about it. We just do it. And okay. uh, and then on the other hand, our, our performing group, we also at times write songs that deal with certain social issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're also a, a resource. If parents, especially immigrant parents, they are new to the country and they need to know the, the services available in our community. We're a place where the families trust us to get referrals and and we're happy, we're proud of that role that we play in the community. Mm, sure. Well, and anyone who's been a parent recognizes that what you were describing is so important. The way you walk is so much more important than the way you talk. People are going to pick up on when you live out those values rather than overtly talking about it necessarily. Right. And one of the things that I'm very proud of, and I'll tell you a little anecdote. When we do our shows, we all pull the chairs out and the families watch the show. The kids are performing. And afterwards, quite spontaneously, we don't ask for it, but the parents will put the chairs away. And uh, there was a little girl. She has uh, four older sisters. There's five girls in the family. And I, she must have been two, you know, just learning to walk. And, and there she was after one of the events pushing chairs away. And she wasn't doing this because anybody told her to do it. She, so little. She, she did it because she was watching others do it. She was watching mm-hmm. her parents do it. And this is, this is what culture is, right? We teach by showing. Yes. And um, and so that little girl at that moment just exemplified the kind of the spirit in which we work. Everybody has a constructive role to play at our center. And hopefully that translates into their lives in the future, that everybody is contributing something of what they have. Mm-hmm. Neat. Well, you point out on your website that nationwide, the Latino population is nearly 70% of Mexican origin. And right. I like... I like how you mention not only the direct beneficiaries of your work, but the indirect beneficiaries of your work. It's a national benefit. You say on your website, 
Lowe's Sense Don't Lace has demonstrated that artistic quality and accessibility to the arts can and must coexist in working class ethnic communities to ensure the democratization of American identity. For that reason, nonprofits across the country have looked to Lowe's Sense Don't Lace as a model of successful arts education. Of course, the students, many who come from disadvantaged backgrounds economically, are the immediate beneficiaries, but by inspiring creative engagement by the America's Latino population, the work of Los Sensotli stands to benefit the entire nation. I thought that was a really neat way of summing up how... Well, thank you. Yeah, and, you know, we also do um, media production. For example, last year, we did a trip to Cuba, a tour of Cuba to explore the Mexican-Cuban connection, which is quite ancient and substantial. And, uh, you know, it was a very humble film in the sense that it was just one guy shooting it and editing it and doing the sound. But it ended up being really wonderful for its rich content, and we got it distributed through PBS through the National Educational Telecommunications Association. And so we are able to broadcast beyond our neighborhood through those kind of opportunities. And we've had other films on PBS as well. And through, uh, you know, nowadays, everybody can have a YouTube channel. So we have that as well. We have about over 500 videos on YouTube. And we like to think of ourselves as a resource. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, in that Cuban-Mexican documentary that you were talking about, that's available, I think, on your website for streaming for free. Is yes, that right? Yes, it is now. Now that it ran its course on PBS, we have that as well as a number of our other documentaries. Okay. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's Great. called Conexiones? Yes, Okay. A Cuban-Mexican connection. Okay. And this year we put out a a short called Conexiones New Orleans Mexican Connection, Mm. which is a much shorter photo montage video, very beautiful, that we did during our residency in New Orleans with Preservation Hall. Mm. And that was really, it's really lovely. Oh, neat. I ask all of my guests to give listeners what I call an improv, which is a try this at home, a hack, an experiment that will enhance listeners' lives with music. Do you have a recommendation for listeners today? Well, something that I often tell people when we do workshops is to consider, uh, to think of a song that they learned from an adult when they were a child. And then fast forward to the present. Would they sing that song to a child now that they are an adult? And to reflect upon what the significance of that song has had in their life. And to me, you know, again, it's a metaphor for uh, or an an exercise in really examining that role that culture plays in defining the various phases of our life. And I think it's a a beautiful thing to reflect upon. Mm, Great idea. I'd have to think about that one. That's neat. Tell us what your website is, where listeners can learn more about your work and connect with you. Well, it's losinsultless.com. And Los Insultless is L-O-S-C-E-N-Z-O-N-T-L-E-S, and that means the Mockingbirds. But we also have Facebook pages for our academy and all the other social media. And those links, I'm sure, are all on your website? Absolutely. Including the YouTube link to your channel there? Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. And like you said, you have a library of almost 500 videos on your YouTube channel. Yes, that's right. Great. And you didn't send this information to me, but I'll just point out that you do have a button on your page, too, where listeners can donate if they really like what they're hearing and want to be a part of it. Maybe they don't live right there in the East Bay area, but they want to be a part of it. There's that donate button. Yeah. And, and, you know, we are a 501c nonprofit. We rely completely on the generosity of people. And foundations, our area is not high income, so there's no, there's not a, a money coming from local government. Mm. So we do have a, a number of people who support us from 
other regions of the country, and we are very appreciative when anybody supports our work. Mm-hmm. And one of your big supporters is Linda Ronstadt. You have a musical ending little story that you can tell us about your connection with her. Well, we met Linda first. It was quite interesting. We were It was back in 1993. We were raising money to try to take a study trip to Mexico, and we were having difficulty uh, raising that money. And we uh, we were playing in the streets in San Francisco for tips. It was a foggy day. And I was feeling somewhat desperate because the trip was like two weeks away. And we met a friend of a friend named Linda. And I was so absorbed in my own thoughts, I, I didn't realize that I was talking to the Linda. Mm. But uh, she was very uh, happy with what we were doing and thought the kids were doing very well playing and singing. And I explained to her, not knowing who she, which Linda she was, you know, our dilemma in going to take this trip. And she uh, offered to pay for the trip. <laughs> and, uh, and and I, and I to put it into context, I have to say that quite apart from her success in the English language um, in market or markets, her success in Mexican music has been nothing. I mean, it's been extraordinary. I mean, she, her, her effect in the community at that time in the late 80s and 90s, early 90s, uh, was just nothing short of extraordinary. So to have her support just was meaningful then and it has remained meaningful she's still a dear friend and we're very excited to always work on projects this year or last year we took 22 of our students to the hometown of linda's grandfather in sonora mexico her grandfather was born there and we we were able to go down there also with jackson brown who's another friend and perform in those communities
That song is a YouTube video of Linda Ronstadt singing Pour Una More for a Love. The video is included in the show notes, and the song is included on Ronstadt's album called Canciones de Mi Padre, Songs for My Father. If you do click through the link to play the video on the YouTube site, be sure to check out the comments that people have left. It's really touching to see the ways that the song has impacted the lives of so many people and and also how the artist has impacted people's lives as well. Okay, I'm a little behind the curve when it comes to technology toys, but I have to say that I'm a recent convert and a huge fan of wireless earbuds. My teenagers both got them in the last several months, so I was already kind of eyeing them with some interest. And then my husband got a new phone that came with free wireless earbuds, and he graciously allowed me to take them over. (laughs) And I have to tell you, if you are quarantined in a house with several other people, the wireless earbuds are the best. My kids sometimes are playing their own music or FaceTiming a friend or practicing piano on a Zoom call, and I can just stick those earbuds in and listen to my own music or catch up on podcasts, especially now that I'm not spending hardly any time in the car anymore, which is when I used to listen to podcasts the most. And if I'm working on something right here at home that doesn't require a lot of mental bandwidth, like yard work or housework, I can get my podcast fixed. And I'm amazed at how fast the time goes. So I definitely recommend wireless earbuds. Smart speakers have also been getting a lot of love recently with so many of us home all the time. If you do have a smart speaker, remember you can listen to this show by saying Alexa or Hey Google, play Enhanced Life with Music podcast. Thank you so much listeners for joining me today. Stay safe, stay healthy, and until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.